here we go. Episode 89, I think, of Nothing to Say, the Fans Podcast. Thank you all so much for joining in. Hope you all had a wonderful week and a wonderful weekend. Welcome to the start of a new week. And before we get started with our show, we will roll into what we always do, Sam. Um, I know that you have a lot of stuff to talk about what happened to you in terms of last week, so let's keep it short because... We'll uh, we'll get to that story here in a second. So just beside the story that you're going to tell, how was your week? Oh, but well, before Sunday, it was actually looking pretty good. You oh, know, good. I was uh, <laughs> probably on a pretty good high. Getting out of work was ending early. Uh, had time to play. School is going well. School's I, to this week was actually a pretty light week for in terms of schoolwork. Looking forward to coming back to town. Um, yeah, before Sunday, it was looking pretty good. Right, we will get to what happened to Sunday in a moment, but I want to bring in our guest, somebody who's been on the show plenty of times, but who has, hasn't been on the podcast in a while, and that's Josh Carson. Josh, how you been, man? Pretty solid, pretty solid. I want to say shout out Pullman. Last time I was on, I heard you oh, got yeah, some viewers yeah. over there, so yeah. shout out. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. We've, we've gotten a couple new countries since you came on. Oh, just okay. Ra- just random ones out of got the Got some Zimbabwe? They on there? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> Got to work on that. Got to work on it. That's I don't think we're big in the African continent. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. But hey, you know what, um, Josh? Congratulations on graduating college day. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. You know what? Sam's coming up. You're coming up. All of our group from high school is coming up eventually. So feels good. Absolutely. Yes. Nice. Thank. Thank. Thank you. So hey, what, what was your what was your major, Josh? Just tell the people. My major was digital communication and design, new major oh, at the that. William Jessup University, and uh, media concentration. So that, Congratulations. that's a lot of different outlets. Awesome. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, so explain to everybody kind of what you're, uh, what you're off to now, now that, now that you're done with school. Well, now that I'm done, the YouTube is continuing to go. We are working on that. Actually, this year has actually been one of my best years. And we're talking about the NBA. Uh, videos have been ranking really well. A lot of new uh, supporters to the channel. Actually, something cool I can talk about uh, later in the podcast is that for one of my final projects, a marketing project, I explored why NBA ratings are down uh, in the bubble in this year. And I got to pull a lot of my viewers. And we got about 500 responses from around the world. We did have some uh, South Africa in there. African continent was represented. Nice. <laughs> uh, we had some India, you know, a lot of countries in Europe, I think Norway and up there. So that was cool, but we got to pull them and, and kind of get some responses so I can share more on that later. But that's going on now. And I'm doing a lot of video work, media work, uh, local church, uh, video agencies, stuff like that. So when did uh, YouTube introduce the, uh, the shorts videos? That was a big uh, factor. And getting the viewership up and basically getting the word out about my channel because the shorts were introduced, I would say, about the end of 2020, maybe a few months before. So maybe November, December 2020, it started to roll out. It almost seems like you just hit that new stride, that new form of content in stride. It seems like you're putting out content almost every week. It's such high product for like, what, a one to two minute long video. And you just delve into so much, so much detail of what's going on in those videos. And I think you really adapted your, your content and what you talked about in terms of the NBA and shoes, even different things like that really have adapted it well to that short form content. No, I appreciate that. And so I was actually, 
looking for something like that beforehand because as I've shared on here before and I've shared with some of you, you know that I like to do a lot of research for my videos. You know, I don't like to just put them out. Um, if I don't feel like it's an extensive like body of work, I'm not telling a story. I like to, to really get into the storytelling aspect. But I was looking for – so the one disadvantage to that is that it takes longer. So I can't upload consistently, maybe even with school as well and everything else I have going on, even weekly. So then you go two weeks without a video and you could lose some momentum and stuff. So the short videos right. really came in as a, as a saving factor there because it allowed me to uh, upload – weekly, maybe multiple times a week, because they have to be all under a minute. And uh, the algorithm that they're in for YouTube reaches a lot of people like, so when I when I first looked into it, I said, first of all, there's the answer. Honestly, the answer to prayer right there. This is going to give me an opportunity to create multiple times a week. And then you go from there and say, okay, what type of content can I put out on there? So if you've been checking it out, uh, there's a lot more individual breakdowns of certain players' signature moves of like individual games that I probably wouldn't devote to an entire long video, but for a short video, yeah, you know, it's, it's perfect content for it. So I've been doing a lot more of those and the algorithm is set up in such a way where it doesn't matter how big your channel is, people can find it and they can scroll through it. I've never been a fan of TikTok and that platform, but the one good thing I believe that it has done for this world is create the, the short video uh, format. And that basically YouTube just adapted that YouTube has adapted the stories from Instagram and Facebook. They've taken the short video, which is originally started uh, on TikTok, and they've just put it in their uh, platform. And so I've been able to use that and some good results have come out of that. Yeah, no, I, um, do you know what your biggest, your most viewed like one minute video is? have one and you know i'll pull it up just so i can give you an accurate count but i'm a lot I'm of them, at it right now i was trying to quiz you oh it's it's the Giannis one and lebron yes sir yeah yes sir that one dude and you know i can monitor like sam's back i can yeah. monitor like every every 48 hours the view count and dude sometimes that one just takes off in the past 48 hours that one with Giannis and lebron has gotten 18.4 thousand so that's that's been cool like just being yeah. able to monitor that. I don't know how the, the analytics work on that stuff and how people see it, but somehow, bro, like I'll give you one quick example. There was one day I had posted a video on Harden when he first joined the Nets, and I talked about how he's a triple-double on that team. And it was a Tuesday morning. I remember I went to class, and it was from 9 a.m. to about 11 a.m. It got 200,000 views in those two hours. And I was like, what the heck? What happened? There's been a couple of times on YouTube where I'd be like, why all of a sudden? Like, why all of a sudden does it do that? I don't know. But, hey, you just keep creating the content. You'd be an early adopter on certain uh, platforms. I remember when I was considering should I do short videos, and I saw a comment, and it really, like, said, okay, you need to do it. Uh, the comment was, hey, there's new technology that comes out. Uh, the early adopters are the ones that can really set the pace in it. So what's interesting is that, the NBA, uh, the, who I'm partnered with, Broadband TV, connected with the NBA's YouTube, they do monitor my videos because they send out like weekly newsletters about new content that they've uploaded to the online database that we can take from, and they highlight a certain NBA playmaker's creator's video. And so they did that with one of mine once. They highlighted one of my short videos. And I know that they've been watching my content. They added my uh, Twitter my at my, my Twitter page to a 
list of like NBA creators all of a sudden out of the blue. And then on the NBA's YouTube channel recently, I saw they started like two weeks ago, started posting short videos. So I'd like to think that I have a little bit to do with that, but you know, it is what it is, but they do monitor what I do, which is kind of cool. Right. Yeah. No, I mean these, I'm looking at, I'm looking at all of the most, I'm just going through your most recent videos. Um, and just looking at the viewership, I mean, 40,000, 20,000, 98,000, 106,000, 25,000. So, I mean, it just goes on and on. So it's it's nice that you got this, you know, this opportunity to, to kind of expand. Like, this is sort of just fell in your lap a little bit. Um, and you took full advantage of it. So that's that's really cool. Can you um, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Got you. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Uh, Josh... Looking back from this, um, you might have touched on it while I was having technical difficulty. I was actually on YouTube on my phone trying to look at what videos I uh, recently watched from you. Because I remember mm-hmm. I've been even picking up more of your content now that they're just short. I mean, it's how can you say no to like a minute long, three minute long exactly. video? Exactly. Right. right. And then you're obviously so knowledgeable at it, about everything you say. Um, do you – you touched on it a little bit with the James Harden video. Were there any videos that really stood out to you that have like – kind of defined this new age in the jc3 youtube mm-hmm. channel the new age uh out of all like are you asking me some of my favorite short videos that i've made yeah yeah just some of them that you're truly proud like you're super proud of that you of like the work you put in like and they ended up performing well for you um okay well i'll, I'll go over it fairly quick so i don't want to take up all the time on it but uh, yeah, just some maybe of like them, a couple maybe two or yeah so yeah. the original one right so this has been the coolest thing about that. First of all, like you said, it is a minute and under so big nowadays because even myself, sometimes I'm, I'm sitting down. I'm like, I don't want to watch a 10 minute video. You know what I mean? I don't know if I can, I probably have the time, but I end up spending it on something else. Right. So minute and under it's quick. Like you said, how can you say no to it? I started it the day after Christmas last year, December 26th. That first video I did on why it's impossible to guard Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Those are some those are some things that I wanted to talk about in a video, previous video. But I was like, I don't really know how I could put this into a long form content. But when I watched the the Christmas Day game, they were it was Nets at Celtics, and I was watching some of those moves. And then I go back and I edit it. I say, okay, I could talk about that play. And then like I, you know, if you've watched them, I like to use some graphics on the screen. So I'll use some arrows to show like this is how much space he created between him and his defender. I like to slow it down and maybe do. Uh, replay it a little bit and then um just part of it like in the editing process learning how okay how do i edit now i've always been editing horizontal video uh, videos how do i edit vertical videos now right because i'm making this essentially for mobile and everything a lot of uh, content on mobile is vertical it's not horizontal and so learning that process so that durant the very first one that i made that Mm -hmm. was one of the ones that i like to uh to make it perform really well yeah Uh, i did a lot of these signature step backs talking about signature moves always wanted to talk about that, but didn't know if I had enough content or if it would be appropriate for long form. And so talking about like a LeBron signature step back move, something that I had seen like multiple times, like, look, he's doing this in the game. He's doing this game. I want to talk about it. Uh, and the short video gave me an opportunity to talk about it. And then the final one that I'll highlight the, the one that has done the, the best for me so far out of all the short videos that Giannis made a big mistake. LeBron took it personally. You guys have known over the years, I've never been the most favorable toward LeBron, but this is one of them where I was like, I'm going to put the, uh, the bias aside and just call it objectively. I remember watching the Bucks versus Lakers back in January 
And there were clear, uh, you know, just errors that Giannis was making. Like he has to learn how to make this jumper. You know what I mean? And uh, LeBron, the past two times that uh, he has played Giannis since uh, about a year ago when Giannis seemingly crowned himself uh, the last time the Bucks beat the Lakers. Um, it was in the 2019, end of 2019. LeBron has had great games against him. So I got to combine, okay, look at how LeBron has played. Look at the skill set of LeBron. See if Giannis can get there. And put that in a short content. Keep it all under a minute. And people seem to like it. And it was a play on the Michael Jordan, uh, the documentary, where he took it personally and he's sitting there uh, in the interview. So a lot of that creative mindset going into it. So some of my favorite to create there. Awesome. Truly awesome, man. You are you might be in hitting your prime here for the JC three, Josh Carson. I, you yeah. know what? I appreciate that, but I like to think of it as we're just getting started, right? Like well, it's beginning of the prime, just like beginning Curry. of the beginning of the prime, bro. This is like 2013, 14 kind of in there. Warriors, right? Yeah. <laughs> let's say that. <laughs> okay. 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 All right. Um, all right, Josh. Well, we brought you on the channel because we want to get into some NBA stuff. So, there's obviously a lot to get into. The season is coming to a close, and there are a lot of topics that I want to talk to you about, but I think I'm going to start with this one because it's the biggest change to the NBA in a while, which is the play-in tournament. So before we really dive too deep into the play-in tournament, what are your what are your thoughts on the NBA keeping the play-in tournament for this season, and do you think it is good for the NBA to have a play-in tournament? Uh, so... Going back, I think we look at the bubble version of the play-in tournament. I liked that version. Um, I don't know if necessarily – now, I'd want to watch it this year to see how it plays out. But including 7 through 10, I'm not necessarily sure if you need to do that. Because last year, if if I'm not mistaken, they did just 8 and 9, right? It was the Blazers and the Grizzlies. And the the Blazers were 8, Grizzlies were 9. So that means Memphis would have had to win two games to get in. Portland just win one and Portland obviously won that game and they went to the, to the first round. So um, I, at this point, I don't know if I necessarily even want to say this, but I will just because we haven't been able to watch this year's yet still coming up. I probably would have just kept last year's format, battle it out between eight and nine. Don't include seven and 10 at the same time that does provide an incentive for these teams not to just drop off at the end of the year. And I think a prime example of why a playing tournament is um, I don't know if it's necessary, but, it's a good way to go is 2016. If you remember the Western conference um, playoffs, you had the Jimmy Butler led wolves. And then it was the Denver nuggets. Those teams were literally identical record wise. I think they may have even finished with the identical record, but the wolves had won the season series against Denver and they got into the playoffs. Denver did not. So if you, if you would have had a play in tournament between those both teams who both won on the last day of the regular season, both of those teams were coming on. They were peaking at the right time. That would have been a good play-in uh, tournament between those two teams to see who would have made the playoffs instead of just giving it to the team who ended up with a better head-to-head record or they might have finished like a half game above uh, Denver for the eighth seed. That was Minnesota in 2016. So so that's why I think a play-in tournament is necessary, but I don't know if you need to include 7 and 10. Sam, what do you think about including 7 to 10? Do you think it should stay that way or do you think the 8 and 9 format was better? Yeah, actually, I actually like the current format um, because I think you get – we now have – especially just looking more at the West because the East playing tournament, I think everyone can agree, is a little less 
um, interesting when looking at it. But when, if you can include a Yana, a uh, Zion, a Steph, a Dame, a LeBron, a John Morant, and you get these as many stars and big names, put them on the biggest stage where they're all eyes are on them. This is almost like a mini finals scenario because there's no other games that are going on other than these play in games. And it really puts the focus on a Warriors v New Orleans matchup that could potentially happen. I think that's it. Of course, as you said, Josh, it's all going to be determined on how games look this year. But if games go out and they're looking like tight as like tight as March Madness games where they're finishing on the last possession, I think this might be a huge success for the NBA. Agreed. And, you know, a lot of people, they say they like college basketball more than professional because of March Madness. So you're essentially adding an element of March Madness to professional basketball. Um, And even if it's just for a couple of games to determine who gets into the playoffs, because, you know, it is necessary when you're in the playoffs to have best four of seven. I mean, the best team has to win. Um, But just for this, you're adding an aspect that a lot of people love. I mean, I haven't really heard anybody say, I don't like March Madness at all. They should have more games. You're adding that to pro and and it can only be good, right? Last year was super entertaining, that playing game. Yeah, it's, it's 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 all hinging on will the superstars and the players buy into this format and truly believe they can't lose in this. If you get a seventh seed, that maybe isn't played, say like a Boston this year, right? Yep. Boston, for all, it, they almost even have the right. This is just not their year. They can just go home early. If they decide, you know what, this playing tournament, we're not giving it our all. Like, we're not going all out to win this thing. That would be the worst thing that could happen for this playing tournament. If stars don't buy in and say, like, say LeBron willing his Lakers team to get out of this playing tournament no matter what. That's what they need. Yep. Agreed. Okay. okay, so let's let's go off that thought with the LeBron topic. So he came out a couple weeks, well, maybe not a couple weeks ago. It was just maybe like a week or two ago, just kind of bashing the play-in tournament, saying, you know, whoever, whoever created it needs to be fired. And that was really interesting because you didn't hear much of anything from LeBron. It was actually, I believe he gave it some praise during the bubble, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, even if he didn't, it's one of those things where you didn't hear anything from LeBron about the play-in tournament when it first got introduced last year, that now that his team is on the verge of being in that play-in tournament, you finally, you start to hear his, I guess, maybe true opinions about it. Um, I thought that was a really interesting comment from him because it was like, well, you know, you're not going to say anything about it until it affects you. At least that's what it came across as. So Josh, when he talked about the play-in tournament and the negative the negative impact that he thought the play-in tournament was, was happening. What, what, what did you think of that? So you are correct. He made some statements last year. Uh, the first time it was implemented in the bubble. And he even talked about, I think Sam, I think he even mentioned it gives a chance to the Sacramento Kings, right? He even mentioned the Kings last year. He was, he was saying, you know, these teams like the Pelicans, the Kings, it gives those teams chances to still be competitive at the end of the year and everything. He was totally for it. Yeah. Totally for it. Okay. So now that the tables have turned and obviously unfortunate circumstances for the Lakers this year with all the injuries at the same time, it just demonstrates hypocritical behavior. I mean that I don't really know what else to say about it. If LeBron ever becomes a politician, he's got a good start because that <laughs> statement right there. 
That statement right there definitely demonstrates it. You know, you like it when it's when somebody else is in it, and you ain't got to worry about it. But when it comes to you, you don't want to do it. Right, Sam. I know we touched on it, but just reiterate your thoughts. Yeah, we touched on it last week. It was exactly the. Th- I think, I think the biggest thing for LeBron was I don't think he ever imagined that he would be in this situation to yep, be in the playing tournament. It. There's no way he could have. Back when they had just won, or they were on the verge of being champions, they were the number one seed. Uh, he had just played all, I think, every game, didn't he, last season? Yeah, almost. And Anthony so. Davis looked healthy. Like, that team looked like they were on the rise, the start of a dynasty. And, of course, he'd be like, oh, I'm the king. Those lower-level peasant teams, that's great <laughs> for them. Yeah. But that's that's not going to impact me. me. And then now it's like – it's almost like uh, like an intern went up to LeBron and was like, hey, LeBron, like uh, flight plans for this upcoming playoffs. Like we're going to need to fly, blah, blah, blah. Like why would I need to fly to Memphis? That doesn't make any sense. I'm the seventh yeah. seed. Oh, it's the it's the play-in tournament, LeBron. Like that's what it is. The play-in tournament? What? What is this? This freaking awfulness. The person that made this should be fired. Yeah. That is awful. That's what I think what happened. Somebody been flying first class his whole life, and now he's got to go to coach. That leg room, he going to need the extra leg room, and he ain't yeah. getting it this year. You're going to have to play some more games. But, I mean, Man, at the imagine, same time for them. Well, like, imagine you know. uh, imagine uh, Anthony Davis just in, like, coach in normal – in the middle <laughs> seat. Just just picture that. They Marcus Gasol. They could never fly coach. <laughs> they could never fly coach. What about back in the day with, like, Shaq? <laughs> oh, you would have to get a separate plane. You know how um, for small planes they have to like divide it by weight. It'd be Shaq on one side and everyone else on the plane on the other. <laughs> yes. So I'm looking at you know Josh. You had mentioned the Kings as well, and I, I just this has absolutely nothing to do with what we were talking about, but I find this really funny. I'm online and I'm looking at the standings right now, and the Lakers and the Kings are completely opposite in pretty much everything. So right now the Lakers are 38 and 30. The Kings are 30 and 38. Mm-hmm. At home, the Lakers are 19 and 15. In a way, they're 19 and 15, perfectly even. The Kings home are flipped. They're 15 and 19 and 15 and 19 home and away. And the Kings over their last 10 games are 7 and 3, while the Lakers are 3 and 7. That's so great. I'm looking at the same thing right now, too. That so is, all you're saying, so weird. they just have to flip those and they could be as exactly. good as the Lakers. Exactly. <laughs> that's hilarious. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that shows you it's just a matter of a couple of games, man. And so that that pits them between them and, and the defending champions, right? So that's that's wild. Okay, so another thing I wanted to talk about, because there's been a lot of debate on who the MVP for the season should be and for the longest time you know Embiid was kind of the front runner he got hurt and sort of fell back a little bit I think I think Jokic really has made a push for that but there's been a dark horse contender for MVP and it, it it makes it makes some sense I think I'm not sure I'd be fully willing to buy it but what do you think of the notion of chris paul getting mm, absolutely well first of all Heck sam no. sam i have to make this no. i have to make this comment really quick sam the mvp yeah. three years in a row i'm going with Giannis. no <laughs> <laughs> the best player in the- no i'm just kidding i can't okay so yeah there's been so many different candidates this year at the very beginning of the year I was like, dude, KD could get the MVP. I mean, why not? Like, he finally he left could, that yeah. super team. And then all of a sudden, okay, he gets hurt. 
and the Nets basically are forming their own super team through getting all these players to all these buyouts. So I'm like, okay, he's got no chance. Then it was totally like, okay, Embiid, I was kind of getting on that bandwagon or whatever train because he's playing great. I think he's still playing great. Like he may still be a candidate up there, although he has missed a lot of games because they are the number one seed in the Eastern Conference with teams that a lot of people would think are probably better than them. They probably think the Nets, the Bucks. Uh, maybe, maybe even the Heat, that's a stretch, but definitely Nets and Bucks, you know, they'd probably be above the Sixers, and the Sixers have that top spot by three games. So that is impressive. Um, but, and then it went to Jokic. Um, the, the, only, the only thing about the Jokic is I could totally see him getting it, but it's just unfortunate for that team is they lost Jamal Murray. So yeah. I think people are like, yes, we could give him the MVP, but the hopes of that team actually doing something aren't much. But like I said, again, it's a regular season award. And if he gets them to a top, well, they're at the four spot, they're going to be at least top four. If he gets them to a spot like that in the West, then it's worthy of looking at. Uh, I think an even darker horse, but probably will not get it, is Steph Curry, who's maybe arguing that he's having his best season ever, even better than his unanimous MVP year in 2015-16, just because there's like nobody else on that team that's all-star caliber helping him out, right? And that was a lot of questions for a lot of people that, hey, can he get it done? when he doesn't have a clay, a Durant, even an Iguodala, right? I know that's your guy, Sam, even any guys like that. And he has been getting it done, but unfortunately for him, he's missed a lot of time. So the only one out of all these guys that really hasn't missed a lot of time, I guess two would be Jokic and Chris Paul and Chris Paul. I mean, I don't know if he has the numbers to necessarily back it up. That's the only thing, but nobody expected Phoenix number two. I mean, maybe some stat heads or diehard Suns fans did, but I thought, when they acquired Chris Paul, I even did a video on it that, Hey, I think they can get the eight spot. Now I was saying they're getting in, they're getting eight or seven. No way did I ever think two. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so right now I'm looking at Chris Paul and I mentioned his stats. mm -hmm. He is averaging 16 points, about 50% from the field, almost 40% from the three point line, four and a half rebounds, 8.9. So nine assists, one and one and a half steals. And, Point three blocks. So not his best season in terms of points, but I'm looking. He hasn't had a twenty. He hasn't been averaging twenty points in a season since it appears to be twenty. Oh, geez, never mind. Two thousand eight. <laughs> Two thousand eight appears to be the last time that he was averaging twenty points in a season. Wow. Um, at least that's. Google. <laughs> so, so I, I think Chris Paul's having a great year. You can't uh, diminish the impact that he's had for that Phoenix organization. I mean, he's literally changed probably easily one of the top three worst franchises in the NBA to now being the second seed in the West just from his own addition. And I think that's definitely admirable, but the stats are not there. Especially yeah, I mean, in this day and age. The the interesting argument to make, and you know, the stats, like Sam has said, in this day and age, they have inflated a lot. People are averaging the offensive numbers are up, all right, compared to like the mid two thousands, who I'm going to give an example from. We look at Chris Paul's stats, Jason, what did you say again? It was about eight around eighteen points, around nine assists. Steve so, yeah. yeah, go ahead, go ahead. So he was averaging sixteen points. I was about four and a, yeah, four and a half rebounds, nine assists, and about one and a half steals. He's like forty eight percent, forty nine percent from the field, and about forty percent from the three point line. Okay, all right. Well, Steve Nash's MVP seasons back to back in o four o five and o five o six. In o four o five, Nash's first MVP, he averaged fifteen and a half points, 
11 and a half assists. Okay. So there's yeah. a little more and only three, 0.3 rebounds the next year he won mvp again 18.8 points 10 and a half assists these are crazy numbers but he did lead them to the number one seed mm-hmm. um and scoring was overall down back but then. the interesting argument has always been for that 0506 season is that kobe averaged 35 and a half points a game uh but because he got the lakers lakers got like the six seed they didn't give it to him. Nowadays, it's like, well, I don't really care. Now that Westbrook got the MVP uh, in 2017 and the Thunder was six, people are like, yeah. it's all about your stats. So I don't know, man. There's an argument to be made, and you can look back and say, hey, a Suns player, you know, 16 years ago averaged just around the same numbers and got mm-hmm. the MVP. Now, he did lead him to the number one seed. Suns are number two, which is interesting. We're not talking about anybody from Utah getting the MVP. That's what I was going to say. Why <laughs> yeah, isn't yeah. Donovan Mitchell getting – if Chris Paul has a claim for MVP, why wouldn't Donovan Mitchell, who's leading the Jazz? I, I think the claim there is going to be that the Jazz were already pretty good last season. What did they finish last season? They were – well, okay, they were sixth. Um, but, again, they finished with 44 wins, and they have – Right this season they have fifty wins. I know it's yep. a bit of a short season, but I think when you look at the the discrepancy from where the Suns were last year to where they are, I mean they were tenth. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they were t- they had thirty four wins, and then now you look at them this season and they're they're almost at fifty wins, <clears throat> and almost nobody on that team left really, and they just gained Chris Paul. So I think the argument when it comes down to it is what what. What would you value more as a voter? Do you do you value just the pure stats alone? Because if you go pure stats alone, you probably are going to be looking at somebody like, you know, Russell Jokic. Westbrook. Yeah, or, yeah, <laughs> Westbrook, Jokic, or Steph. Yeah. But if you look at it in terms of who has been the most valuable to that team, I think you really start to talk about now more – I think Chris Paul, that's when he leaps into the conversation because the value that he has provided for the Suns has been immense in terms of their leap from last right, year. Right, right. And you just look at how many wins he added. Well, the Jazz, right, you can also say, well, 6-1 to one is, is a big uh, increase as well. But if I'm not remembering incorrectly, last year, I think 3-6 through six was like separated by a half a game or a yeah, game. Me, like it was okay. super close. So yeah, it's not okay, like so- – it's not the, like they jumped crazy. Yeah, so the the third seed had 46 wins, and the Jazz were the sixth seed and had 44. Yeah, so there was there was a – you know, that's why their first round against Denver last year was super close. Obviously, they're up 3-1. They, they blow the lead. But, you know, so that that's the argument to be made there. But, yeah, Chris Paul adding 14 wins already to that team. And that team last year – that team was already going to come in and, and do well, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they were eight no in the bubble. It was it was one of the biggest travesties to me that they didn't get to play in the playing game. Which there is the argument. People can say, well, now you're contradicting yourself from earlier, saying don't let the ten seed in. When the, what happened to the Suns last year? They were the ten seed. Wouldn't you have liked to see them play in that game? Understood, right? So this year they would have been in that game. So we'll see. That's one of the advantages of putting seven through ten in there. Um, but you know, so I think, the, I, go ahead, Sam. I think you got to give it, Josh. I don't know about your. We've gone over this so many times for years now about who should win MVP. What's your definition? I think it's got to be the best player. It doesn't necessarily have to be the best player on the best team, because I think that is just limiting. It's so circumstantial at that point of who can actually be considered an MVP. 
Steph Curry this year has been the best player in the NBA. No doubt about it. What he is doing for that Golden State Warriors team in the position that they're in now and how they're playing late in the year, uh, he hasn't missed a great deal of time. And the time that he has missed, that team has looked awful, like the Mm -hmm. worst team in the NBA. And Steph Curry is playing – you touched on it, Josh. He's playing maybe two levels above what his MVP seasons were. That's how great. This is the best Steph Curry that we have ever seen. Mm. And he's been I just doing want to sit back and year. serenade in the, the compliments of Sam to Steph Curry. I've never heard anything like this out of his <laughs> mouth before. Oh, my goodness. So my good roommate point, is, a, is, a, is a Warriors fan. So I've watched a lot of Warriors games this year. And the dude is getting double teamed. You know every single team is going out saying, we can't let Steph have a party shooting from five feet behind the three-point line, and he is just doing work. Yep. But you know what? People should have seen this years ago in that 2019 finals against the Raptors where they went boxing one on him because you get Durant out and then Clay eventually goes out in that sixth game, and they're throwing bodies. Like The Toronto team was big. Kawhi, mm-hmm. Siakam, right? They're throwing these bodies at him two three defenders right that's what the boxing one is and then boxing one essentially you throw two defenders at him he's got the ball then when he's off the ball you always got somebody on his on his jersey basically not playing any help not giving help so he's battling against all that and he still averaged over 30 so but he's he's in the best shape of his life yeah. you can just see how he's yeah. transformed his body like this is incredible what this guy is doing this year and i think he just because Jokic, let's be honest hasn't wowed this year has he really gone out he's just not a very wowable type player besides some of the skill plays that he makes other than that bro he doesn't like he's even joked about it he never dunks you know he's just not a very athletic like you know player to watch neither is Steph in terms of that but he hits the threes right but yeah I I hear what you're saying he's not the most like eye-popping player I mean he makes a big impact though can't can't be argued right this MVP race for the voting is probably going to be the closest we've ever seen. Yeah, there's no clear. terms of differential. There's but the no argument, one. The argument that you make, Sam, is almost the one that we've been making for LeBron year after year. If you take him away from the team, how good is the team? And I know Jason touched on that for Chris Paul with the Suns. Um, but for Steph Curry the Warriors, it's even bigger, bro. You take him away from that team, there's no way they, they even have a chance of being in the playoffs. No way. They might be. They might have twenty wins at this. Yeah, point. Yeah, do they be Maybe. the Oklahoma City Thunder? That's who they'd be. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's crazy what he's doing, man. So, yeah, I think you got to reward him for it. So here's here's another argument that I think can be made for Steph, and it actually has nothing to do with with stats or in terms of in terms of just the Warriors. In terms of the NBA and in terms of the viewerships, Josh, I know you had mentioned that. You know, ratings are down, and we can get more into that in a second. But in terms of who has been the most valuable player for the NBA this season, you have to say it's Steph. The reason why is just mainly because look at how many people have gotten injured this season. The injuries this season have been absolutely just piling up. Mm-hmm. And I know Steph was injured too, but when he came back, he came back and he had, he has been a constant highlight reel, a constant just – just machine. Yep, most threes in a five-game stretch ever. Right. Like, yeah, crazy. In terms, in terms of creating content for the NBA and stuff that people can actually talk about for the NBA, it's been him. He has generated more value from that than than anybody else in the league. And I think that's something that the league right now is desperately lacking. We've had this conversation on this podcast before, 
and I know Sam and I have been talking about it in a while. The NBA is I've, – I've said it uh, multiple times on the show. The NBA regular season is just flat-out boring. It just is. And the play-in tournament is going to help with that in the sense that towards the end it's going to create an incentive for teams to keep playing and to not tank in that sense and try to get into the playoffs. But the NBA season has been absolutely – the regular season is boring. It just it – just, is and when you have somebody like Steph who is doing what he's doing, who's creating excitement, who's going out there, really looks like he's enjoying what he's doing. And just, oh, he's having the most fun! Right, and here. it's fun to watch. It's really fun to watch him just be so happy to be out there. And it just with how boring the NBA regular season has been, and how unimportant these games are, it seems like to have somebody who's doing what he's doing. It's invaluable for the NBA. So you want to talk about not only who maybe has just been the flat-out best player in the NBA this year, that being Steph, but who has just been the most valuable for the NBA as a whole? It's been Steph, and it's not even close. Yeah, I like that perspective that you take, too, because, hey, this is a business, right? Mm -hmm. It's an entertainment business, and you got to be able to sell. And guess what? They can't sell a lot of tickets this year because there are restrictions and stuff, so you got to get people to watch (laughs) – uh, TV and right. So mm-hmm. you got to have something to talk about, but you know what this really shows too. This is uh, evidence to an argument that I think I'd made years ago and I stand by it. It's like this league, this league in particular, I don't know about NFL, MLB, all the other leagues, but this league in particular has always been run and dominated throughout the decades by super teams, right? When you don't have that enemy up top, the villains that everybody wants to knock off, Right. Of course, everybody wants to beat the champion the year before. But when you don't have that, you will see ratings tend to flutter a little bit. Right. That's just what happens. So as much as people complained about the Warriors all this past decade, they were bringing in like the highest rated finals game since Michael Jordan was Cavs Warriors 2016 game seven. Okay, because everybody wanted to see can LeBron complete the monumental task of beating this team. It didn't matter if you like him or not, right? You've got to see it, right? This year, I really feel like there is no team like that. I mean, maybe Brooklyn in some aspects, but, dude, there's been guys in and out of the lineup, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of hard to tell because they're not necessarily proven as a team yet. Yeah, they're their not players established. Are, yeah, their players are proven. Kyrie's champion, Durant's champion. But, like, you know, you just don't know about them yet. There's, they're not that villain group that necessarily that Warriors team was. And, right. look, love them or hate them, you had to watch them. And so that was the case. And then with the with the Lakers, like you think people would want to watch LeBron James, but look with some of the like the comments he made about the playing tournament, people are getting tired of some of the hypocritical behavior they're seeing from LeBron. I will bring this up too, although we do not have to go into this. I will not mind the, some of the political stuff that has happened there as well. I'm sorry, like regardless of what you believe, he may be alienating fan bases, and based on yeah, some of the research that I did. It is divisive, and whether he thinks it's right or not, I mean, this is a business. And from a corporate level, I think the NBA is just – they're towing a very fine line of the, the political activism, right? But, but you got to encourage that, Josh, free – yeah, go ahead. The part of that is the Lakers, if they didn't get injured this year, they would have been that villain figure. It's already – people already hate the Lakers organization before LeBron even got there. So there's already that built-in, like, oh, they're, they're, they're the Yankees mentality. Like, they are – they think they're better than everyone else. 
And then you add LeBron, then you add AD. They're adding all this talent. We, Jason and I talked about it after the off season. They looked better this year on paper than they did their championship winning roster. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then I they think, look, yeah, go ahead. they, they had just won a championship as well. So there's all that added fervor. And now you got ha- theoretically half the nation hating what LeBron's tweeting about. There's yeah. all of this momentum that if a Brooklyn team could have met them in the finals, or if a Sixers team could have made it there, or if Miami somehow gets there, I think if Milwaukee gets there, it's a little, uh, a little boring because Giannis doesn't maybe pull those figures as some of those other teams might, but that would have been a built in stage for this NBA season. And it's just unfortunate that it couldn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying about that too. They were probably the ones them in the West Brooklyn in the East, right before the season. Yeah. We got to see them because of those teams that can draw the most Kevin Durant, LeBron James is going to draw ratings. The Lakers could be the villain figures, but I think too, as well, like we're, we're in this post era now of, we may just look at everything and everything may seem a little bit more dulled down or mundane just because that's how good the Warriors were. Like, are we ever going to see that type of talent assembled all on one team, one roster at the Brooklyn. same time again? Right. And Brooklyn was trying to hint at it, bro. But like just the Warriors with their, their, they just had something special there. So now it seems like any other super team that forms, it's like, well, they're not – they aren't that level, though. Well, they aren't that level. And that I, may play into it a little bit. Well, you could say you could say the same thing about the Shaq-Kobe Lakers or the Pippen-Jordan. People might have been saying that we would never see basketball as good as that, but it, the game is evolving in such a way. We're getting more and more athletes that are coming out that are doing things that we've never seen possible. I mean, take Steph Curry for that, for that example. He's changed the game of basketball, and a player is going to come around that is going to change the game of basketball just yeah. like he did. I think I'm not arguing against like the talent level of the league. I think the league's the most talented now than it's ever been. And I still think it's mm-hmm. exciting, but I also like to watch basketball talking just purely one team. And it was the circumstances too, right? Like you couldn't write right. the better script. You know, they were, they had the greatest regular season record ever. They lost. Now they got one of the greatest players, probably top 20 players ever to join their team Durant. Right. And now it's like, Oh my goodness. It was just, it was just made for TV, made for ratings, right? Everything was great about it. Now, you know, you're looking at the Jazz and Suns. Now, a person like me is going to say, good. You know, I like that those teams are at the top because I like to see, you know, a little diversity. I like to see some teams win again. I think Devin Booker is finally time for that guy to get in the playoffs. Absolutely. But other people are going to be like, Jazz and Suns, like, I don't, I don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just the Fairweather fan is going to want to see, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Kings Warriors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're going to want to see the Kings in there for sure. Oh, for sure. Luke Walton might be getting a, a, an extension. Oh, my goodness. An, an extension in the G League somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you see De'Aaron Fox say he wants Luke Walton to stay on the team? Well, De'Aaron, now I don't want you on the team. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, it just gets worse. No, yeah, no. That, God, that's, that's, that hurts me to my like core. That hurts me to my core. They got to blow it up, baby. <laughs> Sorry, Dan, you're the only one staying. They blow it up every year. <laughs> yeah, but, no, they, but they really don't, Jason. though. Do they ever blow it up? They kind of no, like really. they kind of blow like parts of it up, and then they keep like the John Salmons figures around, just because we always need the comfort of a John Salmons, or like we always need the comfort of a Quincy Doobie or some familiar face. You know what I mean? But they don't completely blow it up. Like the Thunder completely blew it up, bro. 
like good for them. Now they got all these draft picks. They'll be back in a few years. But the Kings, they dude, they do it. the same thing every year, man. Yeah, that when they traded uh, Demarcus, they blew it up. Not fully though, because they got the Steph Curry light, buddy healed to come to the team, and they <laughs> wanted to compete right away, bro. Like I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, no, they tough. were patient. They were patient with De'Aaron. That's the only De'Aaron. good thing they're doing. De'Aaron yeah. has turned out to be a a really really good pick. For hey, Marvin Bagley looks great. Why are we ignoring that? Because he only looks great 10% of the year. Like, the, the, only, he's hurt. <laughs> the reason we ignore that, too, is because Luka Doncic was taken in front of him. That's it. Okay. That's also yeah. true. Also true. Would they Would they be up there as the best backcourt in the league if Luka oh, and De'Aaron were on the same team? Yeah, I don't know, man, because, like, just the Kings just don't seem to develop. Like, De'Aaron's the rare <laughs> – De'Aaron's the, De'Aaron's the rare one. Like, he's actually doing good even in that team. But everybody else they draft just doesn't seem to develop. It's very rare. And then once one of those guys develops, like De'Aaron or DeMarcus, they get so frustrated after a while that they want to leave. I mean, isn't that true? I mean, it's so true. I, I don't know what they have to do there, man. And they even got one of these really good trainers that uh, this guy, Rico Hines, that trains all these, like, the Durant, the LeBron types over the summer, he runs like these open runs in LA. They even got him on the training staff. What is that guy doing? Put that guy as the head coach. You know what I mean? I know you guys yeah. don't know him, but like I've done a little research on him and he's like a really good trainer and he knows, he knows what he's doing. I don't know what he's doing for that team though. I'll, I'll translate what Josh just said. Even the Kings would find a way to ruin Luka Doncic. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's true. I hate to say it. That's true. It's really sad. It's tough times as a Kings fan. Well, it's been tough times for a while, but hey, they're playing better. They're they're tricking us again, Jason. That's true. And I mentioned that to Ben too when he sent me that text. He's like, he was like, they're doing it again. And I was like, oh yeah, they're gonna win like five or six straight, only to you know lose the next ten, and yep. just you know they'll get everybody super excited, and then they'll just fall. And they'll get a nice you know eight to ten spot in the draft, and you know get a get a Stauskas and keep it rolling. So I think this just perfect transition, Jason. I don't know what you have planned, but let's go right into the rookie of the year conversation because that might be as wide open as the MVP discussion, and then we could translate that into who we think these, uh, who's going to be the best rookie, maybe say five years from now. Anthony Josh, Edwards who's your still has the dunk of the year? I'm sorry, <laughs> I had to get that in there. <laughs> True, Josh. Who's your rookie of the year this year? Well, this has been interesting, too, because I've covered a couple of short videos on Anthony Edwards. And Mm -hmm. his case was interesting because when he started, I don't know if it was – yeah, he he just wasn't playing that well. Um, But I saw a lot of potential in his game, right? Like even one of the videos I covered, like these moves, some of them look like D-Wade-esque. He was even pulling some like Durant-esque moves. I'm like, this is really rare to see a rookie with that type of veteran poise be able to you know, make moves like that on the court and do successfully consistently. Um, but to actually counter that, he, did, he wasn't doing it consistently per se. He'd pull it off every now and then. Then he starts getting more minutes. D'Angelo Russell's hurt. He's in there more. And the guy has game, bro. Like he's dropping, he drops 30, it seems like, you know, every five to 10 games, which is good for a rookie. He's consistent numbers. The only thing is Minnesota's just, they're just not good, you know, so who's paying attention? Charlotte, LaMelo hurts his wrist, right? You think he's going to be out for the rest of the year. He's back now. I don't know necessarily how much impact. I mean, they're right at the eighth spot in the East. But, I mean, a lot of there are a lot of people in the comments on those videos that I can say were very passionate about, you got to give it to Anthony Edwards. He's the one. Forget LaMelo. Forget LaMelo. It's Anthony Edwards. Personally, 
you know, at a point it was like maybe even Tyrese could get it for Sacramento. Mm -hmm. But how I looked at it as the team who ends up getting the better record and the rookie is playing the biggest part in that, you give it to them. So I'm thinking, right, even though LaMelo missed all that time, the Hornets make the playoffs, right, or at least, you know, in the play-in. Right. I mean, doesn't that have to mean something over a guy who finished in the 13th spot? I mean, the Timberwolves are even worse than the Kings. I mean, yep. they're, tw- they're, they're, they're like, you know, nine games worse. So I don't know. Can you really give it to somebody who's, who's finished that bad? I mean, I know winning doesn't mean as much with rookie of the year, but as it does with like the case of MVP, but I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a toss up between those two, but I'd probably still give it to LaMelo, even though. I'm a big Anthony Edwards fan. I like him. He talks a lot, but he backs it up. And I think he's got a good game he can improve on. Jason, what you think, man? Well, it's tough because Anthony Edwards has been the one who has stayed the healthiest. He's been out there the most. Um, and I know that LaMelo probably in terms of impact on the team. And you know what? I Okay, so in order to not sound like I'm contradicting myself because I backed up Chris Paul earlier – I think based on the who is providing the most value for their team, you have to give it to Lamelo. Um, I know he's been out, but again, like the same argument that can be made for Chris Paul can be made for Lamelo in the sense that he's just he's providing so much for that team. Even though I feel like Anthony Edwards might you know have the better stats to back it up. Um, mm-hmm. and while I would love to give it to Tyrese, just because Tyrese is awesome. <laughs> um, I think in terms of just the value that, like I said, I've said it four, like four times now, he's just creating the most value for the team. So. Right. He made no, Gordon think... Hayward good again. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think you got to give it to um, LaMelo. I think we can't ignore how bad Anthony Edwards was in the beginning of the year. Yes, he hasn't missed any time, but that stretch that he had, I think it was probably like the first month of the season. He was. It just looked like he was a bust right away in the beginning of the year. And then LaMelo looked like he's transformed Charlotte. I'm sure his scoring numbers aren't great, but he's um, an integral part of the offense, working well with a an improved Terry Rozier, a revitalized Gordon Hayward that Josh mentions. Yeah. <laughs> Even uh, and a, that Hornets team actually has a really good young core around them, and hopefully they can develop further, but uh, I think you got to give it to Lamelo. I would love to see Tyrese get it. I think Tyrese in five years can be the best player out of these three. I agree. just because yeah. he is the lowest yeah. bust potential, and he's already shown that he is a. It's like he's an NBA vet in a rookie's body. Yeah. It's crazy. Dude, Lamello, he does everything. Yeah, Lamelo and Tyrese were definitely. It's a toss up between those two to to say who is the most ready pro coming into this year. I mean, LaMelo had been playing professionally overseas, so I guess you can right. make that argument for him. But Tyrese, bro, he's got the IQ. I mean, he's already on that uh, J.J. Redick podcast, bro. He's, he's kicking around, talking about He's killing it on yeah. that podcast, though. So he knows he knows what he's talking about. You could tell the way he plays the game. Even, dude, with a guy with a shot as slow as his and he still gets it off and gets buckets, bro, he knows what he's doing out there. He knows how to read uh, schemes and defenses and so – He's he's definitely a ready pro. Yeah, and he yeah. just play he plays both ends of the floor and he just it never seems like he takes a play off, you know? Right. Yeah, there's a great compilation of him actually getting all these steals, like sneaky steals months yeah. ago that I almost did a, a little short video on. Like but like just, yeah, he he reads it, bro. He knows he knows the situations. Yeah, you just see him go down for a fast break and have this 
you know, just a fancy pass that leads to an assist, and then you'll see him on the very next play running back and pickpocketing somebody and then creating another play where he gets, like, a wide-open three. Like, there are not a lot of players in the league, I think, even in terms of vets who will – who can hurt you as much on offense as they can on defense. And I feel like he is one of those guys that he'll just – if you te- he's one of those guys that if you ask him to jump, he'll say how high, and he'll just go do it for you. Um, like, he, he doesn't need – he doesn't need to be a um, – in terms of a leader, he's not a, hey, go do this for me. He's a, hey, um, follow me, and I will take you there. Yeah, uh, and I know and we were bashing. I'll, the Kings need. Yeah, I was bashing on the Kings a lot earlier, but they did get a great draft pick in him, so I want to give credit where credit's due with that. The unfortunate thing for his case is just, like, being a part of that team where you lose 10 in a row, and then you win, and then you lose, and then you, you start to question, like, okay, then is he even really that good if you're just a Fairweather fan? Because that team is just so up and down, and if he was really right. that good, that wouldn't happen. But you know, not not everybody can be LeBron and have such an impact and pull on your team where it all depends on you whether you're winning or losing. Uh, so he's just a rookie as well. We got to we right. got to acknowledge that. And these guys need time too. When Anthony Edwards came out, look the, the the classic example that I always like to refer to is that Kobe Bryant's first four years were nowadays they probably call him a bust. He was remarkably underwhelming. I don't even know if he averaged double digits his first season. He came off the bench. I don't think he ever started one game. So nowadays, microwave society, it's like, dude, right away, first year, dude, you got to be ready. You got to be ready. You got to be this great player. It wasn't the case for arguably one of the top five players ever, Kobe Bryant. Why are we expecting that out of these players nowadays? Why? Because you have to have enough highlights to post on social media? No. Like if the guys need time to develop, you'll know by around the, the third season if they're legitimately, you know, something to mess with right but until then like dude give them time to develop so anthony edwards developed remarkably fast after that yeah. first kind of underwhelming season and now you see some of the things that he's doing he literally hit a three in carmelo's face and then did his celebration on him i mean that <clears> takes <throat> a lot of co- takes a lot of confidence and he he has skilled moves so i think definitely look forward for him in the future look at Ty- uh tyrese halliburton to get the team better but yeah i think it's i think it's fair to give to lamello this season just because of the impact immediate right away that team could make the playoffs they didn't make it last year you know you got to look his way right um all right josh so in turn to, to sort of close up our, our nba talk because we do have two other things that we have to get to um who is your who's your nba champion this season mm, nba champion so before the year i predicted the lakers and nets in the finals it could still happen oh, man if you know what though i'm gonna stick with i'm gonna stick with going with the nets for the title though Right? Just because you know I like KD. <laughs> <laughs> do you think? Do you think they're all going to be healthy? Do you think they're all going to? Want- if you get no, this shows how much of an impact James Harden has on that team because with him out, and they knew this at the beginning of the year. I'm glad they ended up. At first, I was against the Harden trade because I was like, I think I even tweeted it. I was like, it's going to deplete their depth, right? I was one of those guys. I'm glad to say, look, I was wrong because you put Harden on that team now. And Harden knew. He knew by requesting the trade out of Houston that, look, I cannot win all these games by myself. Uh, years ago, uh, even Kobe said, look, he's, he's averaging all these crazy numbers. He's getting all these points. Uh, 2018 season, he had a string where I believe he had 105 straight points, something around there, unassisted. He eventually realized, hey, I cannot do this anymore. He's been the main facilitator on that team, almost leading the league in assists. I think until Russell Westbrook has recently passed him as the Wizards are making their playoff push. 
Um, but he's realized my role, my points per game are not going to be 35, some crazy like that. They're going to go down to around 24, 25. I'm going to be the main facilitator on this team. I'm going to get Kyrie and Kevin, who are, first of all, scorers. Kyrie's point guard, but he's really more of a two-guard point guard because he's a score-first mentality. So I'm going to get those guys involved, and then eventually I'll do my double, triple, sorry, step back three, and you know we'll, we'll get that going. So he has been the main guy for that team. You put him in there, I think – I think they could get it done in the in the postseason. The only you know glaring red flag with that team still is that they're not top ten defensive team, and that is I don't think a top ten anybody outside of that top ten defense has never won an NBA championship. So they would have to, you know, go against the grain and do that this year. But in terms of roster and talent wise, they're the most talented team in the league, and those guys can obviously play together well. So that's why I'd give the edge to them. Sam. Uh, yeah, I'd say it's the Lakers still. Um, I think just because they have that ke- that chemistry right away, I think the Nets are going to take a little time to uh, fully develop. Maybe next year definitely would be the year that you look towards them, that they get it all together and start playing together as a cohesive unit. So I'd say it's the Lakers this year until proven otherwise. Lakers, one heck of a climb, though. No team has ever won a championship below the sixth seed. Sixth seed has been, the I guess, the lowest seed to ever win Houston Rockets. Uh, back in 95 but so if the lakers are seven and they win they would make history that'd be they have a, they have a climb and they have well, to go through the suns uh, and all these other teams it'd be interesting you'll see this in lebron's goat documentary when he posts gonna, in probably like say, five years if he was, wins this year is he the goat oh don't ask me that question <laughs> i was gonna say if he climbs, i don't need to ask you because i was gonna be. say if he climbs from seven and wins the nba championship then where, where does where does he now fall in that conversation? Because he'd have a legit resume to legit. Present, uh, but Sam, we all know. Hey, time. look, here's the deal, man. We all know 2012 was a lockout season. 2013 <laughs> was Ray Allen. 2014, he had cramps in the finals, not acceptable. 2015, Matthew Delavadova was on his team and he yep. was helping him out. And he couldn't. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. But hey, well, Josh, come on. We all want to see Benny Mack get that championship ring. Right? So we can text Ritter about you got to put Champ in front of Benny Mack's name. When you're <laughs> that's, a, that's the trip we can make back to Ritter right there, talking about Benny Mack. That's why we need Lakers heat again. It needs to be either Iguodala or Benny Mack winning, right? I would win. rather see Benny Mack win. You know what, too? Benny. I want to make this comment. I would not rule – the Miami Heat out of the picture, okay? They, I don't care what seed they finish at. That team, I think they know how to pull it together when it gets to the postseason. If the Bucks got to play them right now. The Bucks would have to play them in the first round. I feel so bad. I, I don't feel bad for them, but that's that's tough because they just don't match up well with that team. At least last year, yeah. Drew Holiday's been a big addition. Should that we, team, don't rule them out. Should we discount the Clippers this year? Oh, yeah. You know what? We never They're even legit. talked about them. They, They're legit yeah. this year. Yeah, I mean, you just one of these years you got to get a Clippers Lakers West Finals or Clippers Lakers playoff series at least. And at this point, I don't even know if it would happen in the maybe the second round. Yeah, it'll what be about, this year. What about the Seventy Sixers? Mm, I don't know if I buy it, man. I just, I just don't know. I don't know because playoff series. You got to think playoff series too. Game slows down little bit more of a half-court game. You can just – the defense you can play on Ben Simmons still. I know he's been doing really good, and I don't want to throw any disrespect his way. But it's just too much of a liability, right? Like, 
you could just leave him double, make sure, you know, if shooters are coming off screens, you shade toward them, you leave him open from the wing. I don't know. It, it just, it may not work out. Unproven, really get great year, like Embiid. But, dude, it's so crazy that even these teams, bro, like both number one seeds, have we ever had a year where you've looked at both number one seeds, East and West, and been like, nah, I don't really think they'll, they'll yeah. make <laughs> This year I'm like, I really don't think the Sixers and Jazz are the best teams. I just don't. I don't believe that. Yeah. Well, in order to be different, I'll, uh, I'll say the Clippers are going to win the, uh, the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, you, you took the Nets. You took the Lakers. I'll be different. I'll be, I'll be, the, I'll be the one. I could see it. I could see it. Kawhi Leonard, baby. That's your guy. Right, and I feel like out of all of the teams who aren't one and who aren't the Lakers and the Nets, I feel like they might be the safest bet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, How about New York Knicks, right? Both New York teams back in the playoffs. Wouldn't that be good? Got to be good for basketball. New York Knicks beat the Clippers the other day. Last question. Last question. What would be the best NBA Finals for viewership? Would would it come down to the, the Knicks versus the Lakers or the Knicks and Steph or the Nets and the Lakers, like what, what finals would end up? Cause the Knicks, if the Knicks got to the NBA finals, that would be so good for the NBA. Right. Mm-hmm. Those are the two friend, like money wise, the Knicks are number right. one, like the Warriors or Lakers are number two. Yeah, I mean, Warriors obviously like an obvious answer is like, Oh, you know, put Nets Lakers in there. That would be good. Yeah. But dude, like even Nets Warriors, uh-huh. I mean, like KD Steph, and then this is not saying KD it's going to happen. Steph, yeah. But, That'd be you know, sick. in the East, I think pretty much either the Knicks or the Nets, just because uh-huh. it's a big market, it's New York. Yeah. Maybe, I don't see how Boston's going to get there, but maybe them. Um, against one of the storied, you know, LA fr- either the LA franchises or the Warriors. <laughs> I yeah. mean, at this point, I mean, I would like to see the Suns, dude, I'd like to see the Suns go to what? the finals, but I know what a lot if, of people wouldn't. So, What if we got. A Knicks and then Dame finally gets to the finals. <laughs> Dame, dude, I don't know, bro. I don't know. <laughs> that might not be good. I don't know if that'd be good for the NBA. NBA is just praying against you know the Jazz and Sixers or the Jazz and Bucks. <laughs> no, please, Milwaukee, Utah, no. <laughs> or would it, would you rather see Utah in the finals or Denver? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Milwaukee, well, I think, Denver. I think, I, think oh. I think a healthy Denver. Well, they're not. Right, so. I know. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. All right, we got we to gotta move on, though. Yeah, we do, have to, we do have to move on. Josh, if you would like to stick around for the next two, then you can. If not, then uh, it's, been a, it's been a great time having you back on. We got to get you back on uh, during the middle of the playoffs or towards the end of the playoffs. All right. I will. I will. Yeah, I'll go ahead and step away. Um, yeah, middle of the playoffs. Hopefully, you know, maybe we'll be talking about Hawks-Denver finals. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Hey, keep up, keep up the great work, Josh. I love watching your videos, man. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for doing some, doing some research and knowing what's going on there, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, right. it, comes up on, it comes up on my suggested all the time. I just got to click right. on it. Mm, that's what we want. Keep it on the <laughs> suggested tab. Don't worry. I got the bell on. Don't worry. Got, got the bell on, bro. All I'm right. still subscribed. All right. All right, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Josh. Have a good one. Bye. Man, he really does know his stuff, yeah? That was was fun, man. I'd I'd love to – It appears we've got some audio issues. Oh, I can't. I do now. (laughs) Well, it was on your, your end then. Oh, okay. Well, you cut out, so we're good now. We're good. All now. right, we need to we need to hurry this thing up.
All right, cool. So we've got two things that we uh, have planned. And we'll get to the first one, which is really just Sam has a story to share for us. I agree. It was, it was teased in the beginning, and uh, it happened to him on Sunday. So let's hear the uh, the unfortunate tragedy of this past Sunday. <laughs> the, the end of my car. So, yeah, um, yeah I, live in, uh, I live in Eugene, as I, I'm assuming most of you. It's, uh, Eugene's gotten a lot worse as I've lived here for now four years. Uh, we've had stabbings. My car's been broken into before. And on Sunday, I walked to my car to turn it on to drive to work, you know, naturally, as I've done so many times. And I put the key in the ignition, turned it, started my engine, and it just yelled at me like my car was about to explode. And I was like, what the heck is this? I thought someone, I felt like something was wrong with my muffler. I looked under the car, something was cut. I was like, what the hell is going on? I Ubered to work, was freaking out about it the whole day, Uh, took my car into the shop, because somehow I was able to drive it. It felt like I was driving a go-kart. It was, it was, uh, the exhaust was coming out like, um, like it was a wave runner or like a sea or a boat, you know, like you can just smell the exhaust that's coming from it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it was just a weird sensation. Like my car couldn't go over 30 miles per hour. When I floored it, it would take like 10 seconds to accelerate. It was just awful. Uh, long story short, someone, came into the my parking lot at my apartment complex and sawed off the uh, catalytic converter under my car and that it for that those that know um it's the thing that like turns your exhaust from like a harmful gas into a less harmful gas and then spits it out of the car and it really uh, it helps with like uh, the amount of exhaust that you exude into the atmosphere. So it's it's a really good thing to have on your car. And because they did this, and it's actually a super common theft nowadays, apparently, because this thing is so expensive uh, that you can resell it for. Uh, they did such a shitty job at cutting this thing out that they actually messed up my entire exhaust system in my car that would cost me almost as much as the car is worth so now i am without a ride <laughs> pretty much and that was my mother's day pretty much oh man so what's the plan now uh probably looking to get a new car sell that sell this one for however much it's worth it's really hard to sell it because i can't drive it anywhere to turn it in so um, it's really it's just and and of course, this happens right when I'm planning to drive home. Like, it's literally the worst time this could have happened. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, should, it's just a lot in the air, man. You should sell it to a golf pro in exchange for free lessons. I don't know if I could get $2,000 worth of lessons. Maybe not. <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know what I would get from that. So, yeah, that was, a, that was a pretty damper on my week. I can't wait to get this thing done. I can't – I just can't wait to get – home to fly home and just put this all kind of in the rearview mirror so absolutely yeah all right let's get to the last thing that is an unfortunate uh circumstance i'm sorry that that happened again yeah it's just super it's everyone's been super nice about it like the people that i brought it into they've been like super nice um i wish my insurance was a little nicer about it that they're uh sadly not covering the damages but um but yeah i everyone's been like super uh, like oh gosh i'm sorry that happened like it's literally totally out of my control you can't i guess i I, like i couldn't have parked it 
somewhere differently. This is a spot I've been parking it for the last three years. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. So we have one more segment that we have to get to. And I promised Sam that I was going to get this done because he quizzed Brendan and I last week about our knowledge about our girlfriends. So I right. figured I would just turn the tables on him. And so I texted Sam's girlfriend, who they have been together much longer than Bree and I have been together, or Brendan and his girlfriend have been together, what is it, like almost four years now? Yeah, we're almost four years on the 17th. There you go. There you go. Bree and I are actually celebrating our 11th month today. So. Oh, um, well, happy anniversary. Thank you. Congratulations. We're, cele- we're celebrating our anniversary by, Sushi? Signing, a le- by signing a lease. Oh, <laughs> signing a lease. Congratulations, man. There we go. Thank you. All right, so here we go. <clears throat> we'll get this started. We'll see. Now, in all honesty, Sam should know these. I think. I don't know Oof. in terms of difficulty how much, like, if his list was more difficult than mine. I feel like there are some real cupcakes in here, uh, but I did this real fast. So here we go. What is – this one should be – I'll pass – I'll lob you this first one. What is Jenna's favorite color? Color? hmm Yellow? Yeah. All right, cool. So that was, that was okay. kind of a, that was a softball warm-up. She wrote, if he doesn't know this, we should probably break up. <laughs> That's what I'm scared about. I'm scared about not knowing one that I should, like, guaranteed know. And then right. she's just going to rip me apart. So, <laughs> Again, I, I don't know how tough these are. Some might be really easy and some might be really hard. So this one I feel like is another easy one. What is her favorite animal? God. Um... Favorite animal? Well, I feel like this one would be relatively easy. It should be easy. We we haven't talked about it in so long. Well, it's it's not a dog, right? It can't be a dog. So okay, so she gave two answers. So you have two different choices, and it is inclusive of all animals. But it can't be like a pet that she would want to own. Well, that was one of her answers, but it was a specific okay, type. Come on. So it can't be an Italian greyhound because that's that can't be your favorite animal, like that dog. Okay, that was one of the answers. No, it can't be. <laughs> that's not that's not a favorite animal. So <laughs> she okay. If we're discounting that one, then she did put another answer. So if we're gonna say that that one doesn't count. Then you have another chance. Um, well, I mean, I'm I'm gonna count it because I obviously nope. got it, but <laughs> <laughs> but I, for. All intents and purposes, Jenna, that is not a favorite animal. That can't be your favorite animal. Oh, my God. Favorite? I don't know what the other one is. The other one was a shark. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, I should have known that. Okay, so I'll give you a half. All right, we need, we need to speed this up. All right, so here we go. Favorite location to vacation? Oh, we literally just talked about this. Um, she used to say it was, like, where she's been. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with. Oof. It's either Italy, like that her Europe trip for volleyball, or it's um, uh, Cayman Islands, maybe, where she went with uh, her parents. So she wrote Europe, Grand Cayman, or Hawaii. She said, I couldn't pick and I'm scared okay. I won't finish. She said, I couldn't pick and I'm scared I won't finish if I spend too much time deciding. <laughs> well, perfect. I got two of the three then. All right. So here we go. What was your guys' worst date? Worst? Yeah. What, in her mind, was your guys' worst date? I don't know if I'd be allowed to say this on. It was, what holiday was it? Mm-hmm. I feel like it was, it was, it was within our first year. 
Was it Valentine's Day? Uh, she didn't specify, but ex- expand on that thought. Well, I just remember there was a, um, God, no, there's no way it's this, but it was a pretty shitty day. All because of her too. <laughs> she, um, it was the date where she ruined her sister's shirt where she ripped her sister's shirt. That was the, that was the date. Like it, so, that's what happened. So that is incorrect. Okay. She said when I got my car locked in the Roseville parking lot. Oh, that wasn't even that bad. And then she said, or maybe when we went to dinner after I got, and I forgot to bring shoes. She said, the no, date she's, was, she no, said, she said the date wasn't bad, but it was just a little extra stress. <laughs> right. All right. So, all right. So next one, best slash favorite date. Um, what would she say was, does our anniversary, our three, our three year anniversary where I went to her house, maybe? You locking in the answer? Um, yes. All right. So that is incorrect. Okay. That's fine. Their favorite date was when, uh, you took her to a Brad Paisley concert. <laughs> okay. That was, that's not, no, that doesn't count. <laughs> But okay. <laughs> All righty. Uh, well, maybe yeah. it's a good thing that you could think of another good date. She thought of another good one. All right. Um, what is your favorite song? Those are the only two, though. I don't know what her favorite song is. It's probably something by Taylor Swift. I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with uh, Red by Taylor Swift. Uh, that is incorrect. You got the artist correct, but it was All Too Well or The Way I Loved You. So there you go. All, All right, right. So we're, we're moving on. Uh, favorite movie? Um, oh, Lion King? Uh, that is incorrect. She wrote Shawshank Redemption or Contagion. No, it's Lion King. No, it's Lion King. She's wrong. <laughs> She's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, okay. So, dream car. What is her dream car? Can I just say Honda Civic? Leonard? Yeah. Yeah. She said Leonard, my Honda yeah, Civic. Okay. So, yeah. you got that one. She loves that car. Yeah. Um, all right, what is her favorite thing about herself? Um, her favorite thing about herself? Yeah, she gave two answers here. This is an odd question because if you were to talk to her for a long time, it sounds like she doesn't like anything about herself. Um, I would agree with that. (laughs) I'm gonna go with her eyes. Mm, Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. She yes. likes her blue eyes. Yeah, she said my eyes or the fact that I'm absolutely hilarious. So, ah, but she's not. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Dream place to live. Um, dream place to live. Yeah. I'm gonna go with uh, I don't know, back at home. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I that's tough because you're kind of right she said sacramento yeah um, that's home so i guess uh, yeah that's close enough See, I'm, I'm a much <laughs> that's nicer, where she's from i'm a much nicer job uh judge okay um okay so favorite place to eat um what's it called el rancho in in uh in sonoma okay so she said she said that sushi place was pretty good <laughs> 
or any place with a good steak. So I don't know. <laughs> she didn't really get the answer. <laughs> she likes food. Yeah. So I was, that might be kind of a wash because she didn't really give me an answer. Um, all right. So next thing, what is her favorite thing about you? Oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> um, my humor. I don't know. Uh, you know what? I, that is a, that's a close enough answer because she said he can always make me laugh or he's yeah. even tempered. It balances me out. Oh, good. So there you go. All right. So next one, controversially, what is her least favorite thing about you? And she said she was trying to do something that you wouldn't be mad at her for saying. Oh, it's easily, it's gotta be, if this isn't it, then she's lying. Uh, it's when I play FIFA when we're on FaceTime. Uh, that is not what she wrote. <laughs> it is, though. It totally is. She wrote the drive-by kisses, dot, dot, dot. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, though. That makes her laugh, though. At least right. the first couple times. <laughs> uh, all right. What is her least favorite movie? We only got a few more. Um, Least favorite movie? I don't yeah. know. She, okay, so she wrote Star Wars. Oh, that's that's mean. She wrote, he'll break up with me for this, but I can't I not say it when I fell asleep during 85% of the entire series. Yeah, because she's, she's weak. That's why. <laughs> All right, we only got a few more. What is her most embarrassing moment? Like in front of me? Uh, or she, all time? She just, uh, I, I didn't cl- clarify, and she didn't mention you, so, so I think she okay. went all time. Um, I'm going to go with the time she peed her pants in school. Or, ooh, no, 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 it's... um. Did she get? She got like mud, I think, on her pants right before school, and she walked to school. Okay, so I don't know the full story, but you can tell me if this is what that is related to. She said, "I was walking up a steep hill into middle school and fell and slid all the way down. Then I forgot and wore the dirty jeans again the next day." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, oh, God, if that's the story, classic. if that's the story, she, then I'll give it to you. She is no, you know what? I got it a little wrong. I thought it happened the same day. I forgot that it was a different day, so I don't get that one. Okay. So, what is your favorite volleyball number? Well, it's either eleven or thirteen. I'm gonna go with eleven. She went eleven. Ding ding. Okay. Went to lock that one in. What is her least favorite color? Oh God, it's. Is it orange? Um, no. She said, "I guess nude, like light, light brown." Well, I don't even know what that is. She said, "But I like dark brown, so I don't know." Oh, <laughs> that was her answer. Oh God! All right, almost done. What is her favorite book? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Does she read? <laughs> so she, she said, "I've only." read children's book for the books for the past eight months so so if you guys can hear me right now i am walking outside um i'm about to get into the car to where i'm taking my roommate to uh the airport if that's what you guys are hearing so yeah sorry i only got we only got like three more so well that's good i'm just gonna wrap it up and sounds good what is and and now they're yelling at me like a bunch of oh nice what is her biggest goal in life? Um, to be an occupational therapist. Boom. And she also said to be a mom, too. Um, I'm still on the podcast, Megan, so if you could um, not yell at me and say hurry up, that would be awesome. Thank you. We only got yes. two more. We only got two more. What is her the worst dream she's ever had? Uh, when she got uh, 
abducted and put in a sex trafficking like circle? Uh, no, but I, I don't know how that one is it worse than this. She said, um, she said that Sam cheated on me or when I got ripped apart by a killer whale. <laughs> oh. so, okay. And then bonus question for you, since you asked is this stupid question, what's her blood type? Isn't she, uh, she's like, oh, I'm going to go with O positive. Boom, you nailed it. So what did I, what did I get? Like, how many did I get right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine and a half. Out of? I have no idea. I wasn't counting. But there actually was one more question I wrote. Is she more afraid of going into space or the deepest part of the ocean? Ooh, that's tough because she's claustrophobic, so she would be wouldn't do well in either situation. I'm gonna go with she would rather go into the ocean. 2021. So she wrote she would. She is more afraid of going into space. So yeah, awesome. You'd, you'd be right. So you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten and a half out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, and then a bonus, so twenty-two. Oh, so I did about so the go. same as you guys did. Yeah, about the same. Yeah. All right. Well, we all gotta, right. Sounds we gotta good. Wrap it up. Yeah, well, let's wrap it up right now. Thank you all so much for listening. We hope you have a wonderful week. I hope you have a better week than Sam did with his car. Um, and uh, we will uh, we'll see you all next week. Thanks, everyone.